Good afternoon. I'm Al Cresta. Joining me right now, Michael Kenny, who leads the Pro-Life Partners Foundation and uh, has been doing some reflecting on life uh, after Roe and what it's going to look like for pro-life people. And in fact, there'll be, you'll have a piece that'll show up in the Washington Times come next week. And Michael, good to have you here. Thanks. Al, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Well, let's talk about this. Um, You point out in the piece that's going to be published uh, next week on behalf of our posterity that, in some ways, the return of the decision to the states, again, I'm assuming that's what we're going to see, really just basically says that, uh, as you've written, the court might just as well have said the authority to regulate the killing of preborn children must be returned to the people under their elected representatives. So, yeah, <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's, that's I mean that's a, a victory in what way? I mean, it, it, so. Yep, you're right. No, you're right, Al, and it's a great concern for those of us who uh, have followed this for the last several decades and have. Uh, wanted the conversation to be directed toward the 14th Amendment. That's yeah. the whole point of the 14th Amendment, was to never again treat people as property. So I'm very encouraged that uh, Robert George, Professor Robert George, has a piece in the Washington Post today that I was not aware was being published, and then at the same time received word that our piece is appearing on Monday and Congress returns on Monday. Uh, it'll be on the op-ed page in the Washington Times, and that's a great exposure. That's excellent. Um, so, what should, should how should pro-life people be uh, bracing themselves for this return to the states? Yes, I, I think that uh, first of all, an effort to unite uh, all of us so that we're all speaking as one. You know, we have different roles and different apostolates, but speaking as one as it relates to the dignity of the human person who is fully entitled to protection from the moment the person comes into being. So that would be the number one topic. Uh, a lot of education needs to occur around that. The other side has been effective at uh, creating distractions. Um, And then from there, a great deal of uh, uh, care for women, as we've always tried to do, uh, to help them understand um, that we're here to support them. Pro-Life Partners Foundation uh, came into existence just a couple of months ago for the purpose of helping unite all of these efforts. And we have a a generous uh, benefactor that has agreed to match dollar for dollar up to $10 million to build this foundation. So we're, we're, you know, we're, I think there are a lot of creative efforts, Al, that are going on where we're uh, preparing for this post-rule world that will require, uh, you know, great um, collaboration to be successful. Yeah. I, I, I've said before, and I know you would agree, that the return of the decision to the states only means that the, uh, the, play, the battlefield has shifted, uh, and it, it, this doesn't mean anything is over in terms of protecting the unborn. No, and I, I think that, you know, we are living in a culture that uh, likely will require us to be constantly advancing cultural life concepts, even if we were so fortunate as to have 
the Supreme Court uh, make a shift in their opinion and decide that, yes, you know, the 14th Amendment needs to be applied now because these uh, is, the issue will definitely come back to mm-hmm. the Supreme Court with all these states doing it their own way. And so even if that were to happen, Al, let's say we have the miracle of justices seeing this uh, opinion, they're inspired by it, and, and Professor George's piece, and they say, yeah, you know, you're right. Actually, the only way to truly do this is to honor that inalienable right. We would still be in a position where uh, so much healing and reconciliation and building up of the culture will need to happen. So do you think it's, um, I mean, again, we are, we are speculating here. Um, I mean, how, how likely do you think it is that the justices in a majority opinion would actually invoke the 14th Amendment in protection of preborn children? I- uh, a great question, Al, and I, I think that in human terms it is unlikely, but yeah. I would hope that everybody that is hearing us talk right now would be willing to fast and pray for the next three weeks to uh, bring that about, because uh, this is a draft opinion. Yeah. It was written in That's February, right. That's right. Uh, and Justice, Justice Clarence Thomas is very clear on this. He understands this inside and out. He has given wonderful uh, commentary on it through the decades. And, you know, my hope is that he can inspire uh, Justice Alito, Justice Kavanaugh, those two are both of the mind that this ought to go back to the states. Uh, they're both, I think, well-intentioned, but uh, they're, they're simply missing the boat on that particular concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm praying for the miracle scenario. It's the only coherent scenario. Mm-hmm. It's the only, only uh, uh, appropriate and just scenario. Yeah. This, and I think we should also keep in mind that in all likelihood, if this goes back to the states, we're going to have a patchwork quilt here uh, in the United States. Some states will be uh, pro-life, some states will be pro-abortion, some states will be in the middle. It'll be, every state will be different. And it is interesting, from a legal point of view, will that be a tolerable situation? Or will there be a natural drive to get this result at the national level? Yes, excellent question, Al. Excellent question. And there are at least two ways in which uh, that could work itself out. The Washington Post piece that Professor Robert George published today in the op-ed section speaks about the 14th Amendment also has a clause that empowers Congress to pass legislation to fulfill the purpose of the 14th Amendment. Hmm. So that's another path where Congress could say, you know, take judicial notice that life begins at conception. The only coherent uh, way of applying the 14th Amendment is to apply that protection from the beginning. So that's one way. Um, You know, as I think about this, uh, you, you might, I know you're a history buff, Al, and uh, Abraham Lincoln got out of politics after he lost so many times. He mm-hmm. served in Congress one term. That's right. And what brought, what brought him back into politics was this very issue in the sense that uh, when the Kansas-Nebraska Act went into place right. and when popular sovereignty on slavery was being advanced as though that would allow a country to exist, he said, that's impossible. A house divided cannot stand. And right. That's, you know, that's, that was the whole reason he came back. You know? yeah. so, 
Yeah, um, no, that's I, very true. Yeah. That's very true, and uh, it'll it'll again. Uh, we we admit we don't know what this decision will be, but in my estimation, based on what we know, I suspect the the draft lets us know we're going to have a major sh- change, anyways, in the Supreme Court's understanding of a so-called right to a- abortion. Um, I'm. Talk to me about the work that you're doing, because you write very eloquently uh, in this piece on behalf of our posterity, that um, the draft opinion reverses and strikes down Roe and Casey, but leaves nothing in place to protect preborn children. And you quote Aristotle, the famous phrase, nature abhors a vacuum, and life begins as everything else at the beginning. Uh, since we believe this is a question of uh, what is the, the moral status of preborn human life, well, it's human life. <laughs> it deserves the right. kind of protections right. uh, that, that tr- historically have been provided. Um, Correct. Either, Correct. Either by law or by custom. Uh, and this is where we eventually want to end up as a nation that acknowledges that we the people also is applies to the preborn child. Yes, well, uh, thank you, Alia. The, the whole purpose of Pro Life Partners Foundation is to be a force for good that can uh, be the one of the directors has said the wind beneath the culture of life, the pro life movement that can empower and encourage and build up the culture of life anchored in truth. And you know, the truth is that. Life begins at the beginning, and, you know, our whole nation has been adversely impacted, uh, as, as you would expect, when you violate a fundamental law such as taking the life of an innocent human being. Mm-hmm. It's going to uh, deplete the integrity of the legal system, the medical system, education, and because of that vacuum, what do we have? We have secular humanism, atheism, filling the vacuum. Uh, you know, G.K. Chesterton once said that, if you remove the supernatural, then the unnatural takes over. Yeah. And isn't that what we're seeing? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was just thinking of some other quotes of, of Chesterton that yeah, amuse yeah, me. Yeah, he has a great way, he? <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this... So I mean, what you, you're taking you're taking the long view on this, uh, yes. because you're you're of the opinion that this, the the nation will not be able to tolerate a multi tiered system regarding uh, a so called right to a, an abortion. States are going to have varying regimes uh, that uh, will be competing with one another. Uh, people will be crossing state lines uh, to s- procure abortions uh, because their home state uh, doesn't permit them. Um, we've got the prospect, of course, of uh, ex- the ex- an expanded range of possible quote chemical abortions that can be p- will be purchased over the counter. Um, is is the are we are we see, are going are we going to be seeing the end? of, uh, you know, surgical-style abortions? Yeah, another excellent question, Al, and the statistics, as far as we're able to determine, uh, show that 
uh, over 50% of abortions that are occurring today are occurring as a result of chemical abortions, and that has all kinds of horrible consequences. We know there's a reality of post-traumatic stress syndrome for the mothers in connection with abortion, and now that's going to be triggered by their homes. You know, many women will not return to the location of their abortion mm. uh, as a result of all the trauma, as you can understand. Yeah. Uh, but now now we're creating that trauma in people's homes, yeah. uh, and it's, um, it's just unthinkable and unacceptable. Yeah. Well, tell people how they can stay in touch with the work you're doing there. I think it's important. Uh, since this is a brand new uh, organization uniting pro-life people, how do people stay in touch with you, Michael? Oh, thank you, Al. It's ProLifePartnersFoundation.com. And as I say, if there are benefactors who want to take on this $10 million match, we can quickly build a foundation that will serve the entire country. Very good. And we'll talk again, Michael. Thanks. Thank you, Al. Michael Kenny leads the Pro-Life Partners Foundation. Sounds good to me.